You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. You're listening to America's Web Radio. And now time for the Classic Car Show with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber. DNA of an automobile, and we've got Mr. Stroop. So I'm going to turn the show over to our special host, Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber. Good morning, and welcome to the Business well, Hour. Wait, wait, wait. I'm Ron you Camacho. Your- Whoa, hold it. Hold everything. How did he get in there? Well, because some dummy didn't push manual, and there you go. Anyway, so we're back on the Classic Car Show, and here's Steve and Jim. Good morning. Hey, Jeff. Good morning, Jeff. Jeff, are you there? Are you there? No. Oh, well, you should be. Oh, Hello, Jeff. Jeff, uh, where are you? <laughs> um, hmm. Is now it this the morning business hour? Uh, yeah. Uh, Jeff, what do we got going on here? You there? I- I'm here. Okay, here. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. He was there. <laughs> I, okay. Well. So, sometimes you get the bear, and sometimes the bear gets <laughs> our, our you. Our chief button pusher pushed the wrong one. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, this is Steve, and uh, good morning. How you doing? I'm doing fine, sir. All right. This is a kind of a unique thing. We've never had anything like this on the, in, on this show. So I I think as as this is your your company. Why don't you we start off with you explaining to the the uh, the people what what this is and what it does. That that's probably the the place to start, I think. Yeah. All right, fair enough. And and I'm going to start kind of uh at a 10,000 foot level and then we can kind of delve into the specifics. So I don't want to overwhelm people. But uh in essence, vehicle DNA is a portable process that evaluates the lubrication in a machine and what I mean by that is we take a small sample of lubrication and we analyze that for the contaminants in that lubrication and we look at what kind of contaminants are there and how much contaminants are there and then based upon what they are and how much is there we can produce a report that basically gives you a health snapshot of that machine. Uh, if you want to think of an analogy for us humans, it's kind of like a blood test. Okay, that, that's interesting. And you can do it not only on motor oil, but gear oil and differentials? That is correct. Any lubrication, including transmission fluid and hydraulics. Okay. Really? Yeah. yeah, that's got to be helpful for somebody. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who? What? What people are your are your main customers? Who who uses this the most? Right now, uh, the most use we get out of it are used car dealers. Uh, they will contract with us to test their uh, inventory, and based upon what we information we're able to provide them. They can make the decision whether the car is worth keeping and selling or if it might have too many uh, issues and they don't sell it. Uh, We also are currently testing a lot of uh, vehicles that are in sports shops 
mechanical shops that specialize in uh, off-road, or, well, racing vehicles of any kind. I mean, you like, know, like privately owned vehicles, like tuner cars. That would be one. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, really? That's kind. That's kind of cool. Are there any of the big name <clears throat> race car people use your service? They don't use our service. Now, we'll say that, uh, as far as we know, every Formula One race team in the world uses this process, just not particularly ours. Okay. All right. And and you know what 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 are you looking for in this? What 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 will my report on my uh, uh, you know my Avanti? What will it tell me? What will I be? What will what will I know from doing this? Okay. Uh, for example, well, I'll tell you. When we test a sample, we're looking for a total of eighteen different elements. And for example, we're looking at iron, aluminum, copper, lead, silicone, uh, nickel, etc. And then, based upon the value or the volume of that particular material, we can tell you that there might be issues with, for example, a thrust bearing, uh, accessory drive assembly, a compressor, valve train, camshaft, uh, turbo uh, chargers, for example. Uh, those are the kind of things that we can tell you you need to take a look at because there's too many pieces of that material in your oil. Really? Wow. Uh, uh, Just out of curiosity, is the same test used for a petroleum-based lubricant as for a synthetic? That's a good question, yeah. Yes, it is. Uh, And we actually have in our database the values of the difference between, you know, the the pure uh, out-of-the-box oil versus the synthetic. So we know what it is to start with, so we know what's there that shouldn't be there. Okay. Now, how long, let, let's go back a little bit. How long is this type of thing, was, was this developed as a result of the military or, or a war, or, or how historically how did this occur? The whole process of doing fluid analysis uh, was really created back in the 1940s by the locomotive industry. And they were interested in, again, the health of their locomotives. As you can imagine, it's expensive when one of those things all of a sudden stops working. Right. And so at that point in time, the process was basically a chemistry process. You took the sample and then you broke it down chemically until you got down to the components. And since the 1940s, other technologies has come around uh, one of the and, and still used today is the process where you take a sample and you actually burn it, and you look at the smoke that is created from that burn, and you can determine what was in that uh, sample to begin with, and you can look at the different colors of smoke and how much of that color was there to determine what the contaminants are. Um, now, as time progressed, and getting to your question of the military a number of years ago uh, the military back in the Persian uh, Gulf War they were taking oil samples putting it in either a convoy or a helicopter and sending it to laboratories either in Europe or the United States but what they discovered is 
one time a helicopter unfortunately was shot down and the only contents of that helicopter other than the crew was oil samples and they said well hold on a second this is silly we're putting people in harm's way to travel to um transport oil samples and so at that point in time the military said can we find a way to do this in the field instead of sending it somewhere else and so based upon that the new technology that we use is in essence a suitcase laboratory oh really oh really so 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 you don't i remember years ago diesel truck people doing this all the time this was their bread and butter on diesel engines right and and so you, you don't have to send it to anybody, or you is I, I'm do you buy this kit, or do you do you just send it to you? I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure. Well, we're set up as a portable system right now. We have a van, and in that van we have that uh, portable laboratory. And so uh, the process to evaluate a sample with this portable laboratory only takes a total of ten minutes. Really? Wow. Huh. Okay, do you, you have just one van, or are you throughout the United States? Right now, we only have the one van operating out of North Atlanta in the uh, Alpharetta region. Mm-hmm. But we, we are looking to expand and to find uh, other ways to utilize this technology. That, that's amazing. Yeah, that's yeah. that's really pretty cool. Now, now, Jeff, do you have a have you developed a database like where you take? I don't know, maybe one engine family, and you find, you do a failure analysis on it, and you find out that, okay, this this one's going to have a camshaft problem, and this one's going to have a thrust washer problem. Do you know that stuff ahead of time? That's an excellent question, and that is, in fact, where we would love to be, but it does take time to build that database. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Right now, we, our database is not big, that big. Uh, oh. Are you there? Hello? Yes. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Oh. All right. Yeah. So th- this is sort of a, a loaded question. In the antique car hobby and collector car hobby, there has been this ongoing discussion now for several years about zinc in oil. Uh, you know, what are you guys seeing, and and what would you, if you if you if this is something you can answer, what would you recommend for guys in, with this this ZDDP thing that's been going on forever and ever and ever? Well, I don't know that I can answer that specifically. But what I can tell you is uh, last year or last fall, we went to the Concourse d'Elegance in Atlanta at the Chateau Elan. Mm-hmm. And while we were there, we collected about 80 samples from various uh, collector cars and antiques. And when we tested those vehicles, there was definitely a difference between those and what we had been seeing in uh, newer cars that are used on a day-to-day basis. Hmm. What what kind of differences? The predominant difference was the high amount of iron that we found. In the old and cars? Com- in the old cars, yeah. In the old cars. And so what we did is we sat down and we talked about, all right, 
as we were taking samples, we chatted with the owners and say, you know, what did you use this car for? You know, how do you blah, 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 all those different things. And what we found is that the majority of these cars were not driven on a regular basis. No, that's true. Yeah, that, yeah. And, and, and a lot of them didn't even run their cars on a regular basis. And so they just stuck them in the garage, and then when uh, an event like the concourse came up, they would pull it out of the garage and start it, put it on the uh, the trailer, ship it, and, and get it there. So our conclusion was that because these cars sit idle for so long of a period of time, you have, and, and the other element we also found, in, in addition to high iron, was high water. Mm. So, Jeff, higher than would accept. Yes, sir. We're, we're going to take a break for a minute, but I don't want to okay. lose that thought. Yeah. And we'll be right okay. back. Awesome. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about anti-car insurance. I think yeah. that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. Demands the best, and for 45 years, Passport Transport has been meeting those demands. From manufacturers to the one-car collectors and all other facets of the auto industry and antique auto hobby. The first and the finest with unequaled service and peace of mind. Passport Transport, your auto transportation company. Contact PassportTransport.com with your need today. Passport Transport. Most aircraft had automotive engines. Yeah. Hispanos and stuff. Okay. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back on the Classic Car Show with uh, Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber and our very special guest, Mr. Jeff Stroops with Vehicle DNA. And uh, how do you get the uh, needle into the car? <laughs> They do. It's a special needle. Yeah. yeah, you can buy them at Walgreens. Yeah. <laughs> and they're disposable. Yeah. You can't reuse them. Well, but Jeff, when, go ahead, Steve. When we were when when we were off, we were I can understand the old cars uh, having cast iron because I, you know I've got several old cars, world, pre pre World War II cars, and they were just cast iron blocks. So I can understand the the wear on the side giving you a little. Giving you cast iron, but the thing is, I I wouldn't know what would be the 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 normal you know amount mm-hmm. uh, of how much cast because you're going to find it in those old cars because you have ring tension and mm-hmm. and other stuff. Uh, so in the cylinder, so I would imagine there would that would be an, a nor a, a normal amount with uh, this kind of stuff. Um, go ahead. Right, but your, the the issue here was an excessive amount. It was not normal. Okay. And so what we determined uh, after all these conversations that I have uh, mentioned before was that as these engines sit with this um, idle and they don't run and they're not lubricated and they have water in the uh, within the 
internal parts of the engine, they simply rust more. Sure. Yeah. And so when you do run the vehicle, uh, you're kicking up more uh, or kicking off more rust. Not that it's bad or, uh, you know, terribly bad. Anytime you get rust, it's not good because it's, you know, you're flaking off more than you would normally expect. But that was our conclusion. Uh, And so based upon all that information that we got from the concourse, uh, we came up kind of with the best uh, recommendation, if you will, that uh, persons with classic cars, you know, if you run them once a month, at least five to ten minutes, that would be helpful. And even if your oil is new, because it does accumulate probably excessive amounts of rust, you should change your oil and your filter every year. Yeah, I do yeah. on mine. Yeah, yeah I agree. My cars don't have, they're so old, they don't have filters. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but which, which means you need to really change it. Yeah. L- let's address the water thing, too, then. So you found a lot of water in the soil when you tested these cars. Right, and an and excessive amount. Now, as you can well imagine, in Atlanta, uh, in June, uh, if you run a car, no matter what car it is, uh, when you shut it down, there's going to be condensation, um, which is normal. You're going to always find a little bit of water in in the oil. Mm -hmm. But because these cars sit for a while, there's no way for the heat of the engine to burn off that excess uh, moisture. Right. True, and, and so, in the gas too. I'm sure the 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 gas, the uh, water in the gas, has something to do with this too, yeah, especially with ethanol. Yeah. Uh, p- possibly. Now we probably, well, a- a- as it ignites, yes, within the cylinder, if it has excess moisture in it, it's going to leave excess moisture in the uh, engine itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they, I, for years, my father, uh, grew, I grew up in this hobby, and he would always say, if you start an engine, you need to get it to normal operating temperature before you shut it down. Mm-hmm. He said, always, always, always get it warm. Let everything be hot before you turn it off. And yeah. he used to do that religiously. Just yeah. he would right. start it and you know move it and let turn it off. He would no. always start mm-hmm. it and run it. Yeah. Um, anything else you, you, you l- l- let's kind of switch gears for a minute and go to air cooled engines mm-hmm. do you ever do anything with aircraft uh, we don't but the, the uh, process is there as I mentioned and given that kind of history mm-hmm. uh, of our particular hardware uh, it is currently deployed with the Marine Corps uh, and the Army is is currently field testing the hardware and our software. And one of the things that they are testing are their uh, helicopters. Okay. All right, because we, we were just talking about that because, like, you get an aluminum block, there's no cast iron there. I don't even think, well, maybe the rings are, are, are iron, mm-hmm. but you've got uh, a nickel or another coating on the bore. And no, you have liners on aluminum because aluminum couldn't take the stress. Well, well some of them do a nickel coating or liner. I don't know what that is. Yeah. So. Um, did Packard do that? I don't know. Vega did it. <laughs> Vega did it. <laughs> what do you know about Vega? <laughs> Good idea. Keep yeah. doing it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, and Porsche does it, so, and I'm sure Volkswagen when they had their air cooled. But, of course, nobody's got air cooled engines anymore. You can't smog them enough. 
um, various manuf- well, Go ahead. I was going to say, with aircraft, of course, they're using turbines. Right. And so with them, I mean, we look for titanium uh, okay. as being uh, uh, something that shouldn't be there in quantity. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Yeah, it is. All right, let me, let's talk a little bit about transmissions and and then maybe differentials. One of the things that keeps coming up in this in in this car hobby and uh, is gear lube. And you said your process will check gear lube. The old the old car old cars used brass thrust washers and stuff in them. And they always tell you, when you read all of this stuff, do not use GL4 or GL5 gear lube in these old old transmissions as the 4 and 5 would attack, um, the additive pack would attack the the thrust bushings in Mm -hmm. the old transmissions and rear ends. Is this something that you guys could, you know... And then you hear there's just too, so much stuff out there. So, well, if you use synthetic gear lube, you're not going to have this problem. Is mm-hmm. there, You guys, is that something that you could tell somebody that say, you know, you probably should go back to the GL1 or GL2 stuff and keep that out of this transmission? That's probably not something we could answer right now because we just don't have the database on those. I mean, you're talking about, at this point in time, such a small number of those type of vehicles around anyway. Uh, And having not tested them in quantity, we wouldn't uh, be able to come to that conclusion. Now, having said that, we still, if we tested it, if whatever lubricant is in there is causing excessive throw-off of that metal, we could detect that and could tell you that whatever is in there is making it deteriorate faster than it should. Yeah, I, I really, I, I, I've often wondered about that stuff because, you know, like I said, I have eight old cars and, and I, I just wonder that, that you, know, you go to go to Napa and start looking at the gear lube stuff and you're, you're saying, I don't know if this is the right stuff or not. Yeah, yeah well, I really it's not don't in, know. It's not in their book. Yeah, yeah, I really, do, I really don't know. Yeah. You want gear loop for an 09 Maxwell, and the guy looks at you and says, "A what? 2009 Maxwell? I never heard of that." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's made by Chevrolet. It's yeah. the small SUV. It's the little one. It's the little one. Is that the one made in China? Yeah, the Terrytown, New York. Yeah, actually. Oh, Terrytown. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, these are the kind of questions that I I get from people all the time and I if if you go on the internet and search any of this stuff as you well know you're going to get 10,000 opinions mm-hmm. and there's and it would be nice to be able to say you know this is what you need yeah and this is what you do I I don't know I don't know if that's possible or not and I don't either at this point in time but I'd love to find out if we could get lots of samples uh, and just, uh, you know, people can tell us exactly what did you use, and then we can test and say, okay, when they use this particular lubricant in this particular transmission, these were the results after, you know, six months or 12 months. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, how does somebody 
send you the uh, oil sample. I mean, let, let's say I'm out and I'm looking mm-hmm. at, a, at a modern sports car, a, mm-hmm. an AMG Mercedes or, or a Bugatti Chiron or, mm-hmm. or Veyron, something like that, and I want to buy this car, but obviously I'm nervous about it, and I've got a guy doing a pre-purchase or inspection, but he can't do the oil sample. Can, can we send it to you? How do we how do we do that? Well, you could send it to us. Uh, now, I will say the most important step in, in all of this is making sure you take a proper sample. Uh, if you're not taking a proper sample, the results really don't uh, have any validity to them. So, when you're going to take a proper sample, and I'll tell you how we do it, uh, what we make sure is we run the engine for three to five minutes. Okay, then we shut the engine off, and then we just remove the dipstick out of the uh, dipstick um, right. hole. Right, and, and we take a plastic tube and we insert it down there, and we have just a little small vacuum pump, and uh, the vacuum pump has a little uh, bottle on the bottom, and we just draw up a sample. And we only need a total of five milliliters of oil to do the entire process. Uh, so you don't have to draw a big sample. Um, uh, the, the little bottle that we use is about the size of a prescription, mm-hmm. uh, a pill prescription bottle. Right. But you can get these little, uh, what they call vampire pumps or vacuum pumps. Uh, you can get them online. They're not very expensive. They're about $20 or so. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the best way to draw that sample. And I would say, giving your example, if you're looking at buying a car that's, you know, close to six figures, yes. uh, spending spending $20 to buy a little pump <laughs> and send us a sample uh, and uh, us performing that sample for uh, around $50 or so, it's worth the investment. Okay. Now, is this on your website? Yes, sir. It's, I believe it is. And it's vehicledna.net. Okay. And, and is there also a phone number where somebody can contact you to... Yes, there is a phone number. Okay. Could you give that to me, please? I'm sorry? Would you give that to me, please? Oh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not sure what phone number's on there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> to be right. honest with you. All right. Okay. But we just go to vehicledna.net, and all yes, your sir. information is there. Okay. Uh-huh. Yes. It is. All right. All right. Well, I'm not going to run out and buy a six-figure car today, but uh, <laughs> I'm sure some of our listeners at times, and as we all know, watching all these auctions like Nikum and the other uh Prices are going up like crazy. Jeff, we're going to be right back. We're going to take another break, so uh, we'll join you in a minute. Thank you. Thank thank you, sir. Hi, I'm Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio, talking to you about antique car insurance. Uh, In this hobby uh, that I've been part of for years, not all insurance companies and insurance coverage is the same. I would suggest that you call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com to find out some information about some of the best antique car insurance you can get, such as agreed value. Uh, insurance for your classic car. Again, if you're, when you get ready to, to, uh, insure your classic, 
classic, antique, or even your street ride, call J.C. Taylor Insurance or visit jctaylor.com. My name is Kyle Hayes, a motorsports student at Alfred State College. Every year, Alfred State students compete in the Great Race, which is a cross-country time endurance rally for vintage vehicles. As you can imagine, it's pretty costly. I'm asking for your help. Your donation can make it possible for these students to live their passion and promote the vintage automobile industry. Please visit our site at give.alfredstate.edu and search Great Race to learn more and help us reach our goal. Thank you. 45 years of experience is behind the most trusted name in auto transportation. Passport Transport, the first and finest today. That's why Passport Transport is the preferred auto transport for major auto manufacturers, concours, museums, tours, and collectors, and should be your choice from across the state to across the country. When you have the need, go to PassportTransport.com and enjoy the peace of mind referenced experience will give you. Passport Transport. And welcome back to the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Our very special guest today is Jeff Stroop with Vehicle DNA. And uh, just like you said off off the air, uh, Jim, um, you wouldn't buy a car, I wouldn't buy a, a car without, and I think this service is incredible. I agree. Uh, Jeff, have you got some, uh, and, and this was not a question that uh, uh, I sent you or anything, but have you got any incredible stories about uh, you all running a test and um, finding out that uh, the tires were flat? Or No, I'm just <laughs> But finding out something incredibly wrong with the car or advising the uh, potential purchaser to don't walk but run away from this thing? Well, actually, uh, I do have an example right in front of me. Uh, and this is... Uh, um, let's see, I want to make sure I don't uh, impugn myself. Um, uh, let's just say it's a, a vehicle uh, made in Germany, uh, and it has Does a... Does it have a little, little uh, logo on it that's uh, like a one thing sticking up and two sticking down? No, it, it is not like that. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. It is not that. Uh, this vehicle uh, has got 140,000 miles on it. Uh, and so we tested it uh, just recently, and the iron uh, content was just off the chart, as well as copper. Wow! And so uh, the recommendation uh, that and you will, if you go to our website, you'll see a typical uh, report that we produce, and and I'll just go over that real quickly. Uh, we, we do give you, on the second page, the raw data results, so if you wanted to see that. But what we tried to do is try to make it simple uh, so that people can, you know, what what's wrong with this and what do I need to do are the first questions most people will ask. So we put that on the first page of our report, and we try and we use colored icons. So if you have a green icon, uh, then you know that everything is good. If you have a yellow icon, it may be not so good. And if it's a red icon, it's probably really not so good. That's the one you run away from. Yes or no. And it oh. just depends. So, because when we put one of those icons on there, we give you an explanation. So, in the example on this German made vehicle, 
the recommendations that we produce for this report is you need to, first of all, conduct an external non-invasive inspection such as clearances or in-play. Appropriate diagnosis, diagnoses should first be undertaken before, before conducting any mechanical inspection. So the valve-trained diagnostic checks are also suggested, and if it has a turbocharger, you need to check that. Uh, you also need to consider inspecting the following regions for excessive wear, this being accessory drive assembly or a compressor, valve train, cam or camshaft, power takeoff assembly if applicable, uh, bushings and thrust or other copper componentry. So what, when we produce the health, we also give recommendations what you need to do. So like you met, uh, mentioned the yellow and you said, well, don't uh, worry, you know, that's something you shouldn't be considering. It just depends on the verbiage. It might be, and what if we see quite a bit of, is excessive silicon. Hmm. And of course, that's just, in essence, dirt. And so even though there might be excessive silicon there, and that's the only thing that's wrong, we'll just say, Hey, somewhere in your system, you've got an air leak. Air is getting into that uh, block that shouldn't be getting in there. So either your gaskets are bad or your air filter is bad or the uh, container that holds the air filter has got leaks in it. Somehow you're getting dirt in there and it shouldn't be getting in. Now, we'll show that as a yellow and possibly even a component of a red but that doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. It just means that, hey, it's something needs to be looked at. Okay. All right. Um, just out of curiosity, have you found any foreign matter in anything like a transmission or a differential? Uh, I won't say bananas, but sawdust or anything unusual? Uh, no, we wouldn't really find something unusual like that because, again, we're looking for specific elements that should be there or possibly could be there, but we're looking at the volume of it that okay. being excessive. Okay. So things like that, organic things, uh, right. we wouldn't be able to see at all. Okay. All right. Can, can you do cooling systems? Uh, we do do a cooling system. Uh, it's called a cool check. Uh, it is a little bit different because obviously we're not looking for the same components, uh, but you would be looking for, and what um, it, it is more comprehensive than just uh, is it good or bad. Uh, we can detect uh, oil in your coolant, which would mean you know you've got cross contamination there. Right, uh, and, and there's some other elements we can actually determine what uh, the viability of the fluid is as well. Okay, meaning a, a leaky head gasket too. As a Could be exactly, and yeah. and again in the report we would be able to tell you what we suspect is the problem and what you need to be looking at. Okay, all right. That's I I hadn't thought about cooling no, system. No, I, yeah, just. That's well, and that's something uh, also yeah. when we do test an engine, we are looking for glycol. So yeah. we're trying to make sure that you don't have the reverse where you've got the coolant system invading into your block. Yeah. Yeah, which uh, on a lot of makes that happens. Yeah, that's, that's a really bad thing. Yeah, when you've got a, an iron block and an aluminum cylinder uh -huh. head and... Uh, there, there's a poor chemical relationship between the two. Yes, 
Yes, yeah. there is. And a lot of cars came that way, or aluminum block, aluminum head, but iron liners. That's the other challenge. Mm-hmm. And, and getting a seal on those, on some of those engines. The sleeves, you mean? Pardon the me? The engine sleeves? Yeah, yeah, they're, 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 they're sleeves that yeah. sit. Yeah, you press them in. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and then there's water around them because it's an aluminum block. Yeah, and then and you put a head gasket on it, and that's always a challenge. Yeah, it's always been a problem with Preston. Yeah. Uh, also, I wanted to mention, uh, just looking at the report here, uh, on that first page of the report, we do break uh, the test into two sections, if you will. Mm-hmm. One is the evaluation of the machine itself, what I just read to you about this German vehicle. Right. And then the other one is we give you just a report on the viability of the lubricant. Ah. So uh, we'll tell you whether or not that lubrication needs to be changed or it, it in itself is still good. So in this example that I gave you on this uh, German vehicle, while the engine had a lot of issues based upon the contaminants and the fluid, the fluid itself, the oil, uh, really was in good condition. Uh, there wasn't anything wrong with the oil. The oil didn't need to be changed per se. However, Obviously, if you've got all these other issues, you're going to probably be taking it, uh, the fluid out anyway. Uh, but that's just part of the process that we just involve giving that information in that format. Yeah, because this is the thing that uh, amazes me, and actually it annoys me, is manufacturers are now telling you you can go 10,000 miles or 15,000 they, miles. They don't even have the limits. Right. They, have that, they have that acid sensor, yeah. and it tells you yeah. time to yeah. change your BMW is that way. Yeah, most yeah. everybody now. Yeah. And, of course, I grew up with the old petroleum-based stuff, and it was every 3,000 miles. Yeah. Well, now I think five to 7,500 is... Yeah, they're 7,500 minimum now. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. uh if you're going to keep a car a long time, though, I'd probably change it around 5,000. Yeah, I do five. Yeah. And I only use synthetics. I don't know if that's a big advantage or not to using so, synthetic or petroleum-based. Yeah, do, do, you, do you see anything in your testing that, I don't know how to put it this way, says either one is more efficient or less efficient, meaning petroleum versus synthetic? And then, of course, there are some petroleum that have synthetic in them. Yeah. The one. <clears throat> now, theoretically, and, and I'm, I'm not the scientist on this, but I've, I've talked to our scientists, and uh, theoretically, oil just, it, it just doesn't break down. Mm-hmm. Um, so, theoretically, if your engine doesn't have issues, doesn't flake off particles, your oil, theoretically, could last forever. Uh, there's truly no reason to really change it unless it gets dirty because it has contaminants in it. Right. Um, so whether that be synthetic or straight out of the ground oil, um, both of them should theoretically last forever. Now, what what happens, I know he's told me on the non-synthetic or the out-of-the-ground stuff, the <laughs> oxidation is the big problem that occurs that uh, – results in a breakdown of that oil where synthetic doesn't have a lot of oxidation. Mm -hmm. But the problem with synthetic in my understanding is that if it sits for a long time you don't have the protection you have with a petroleum because it doesn't coat the metal as much. I don't know, I've never heard that. Well, but you you drive your car. 
Well, some they get used more than others. Yeah. Well, but do you put synthetic in the Maxwell? Yes. Do I you use really? synthetic in everything. Okay. All right. Well, there's I. Yeah, hey, I if it works, it works. A, yeah, yeah, I use synthetic in every on all of the all of the stuff. So. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Uh, one of the things do do you have on uh, uh, and you, we'll talk about your website and contact information uh, a sample of a report that you have done on a car I would really like to see one yes there is one on the website so you can pull uh, look at that um, I'm on our website right now so in this instance uh, it's uh, the one that's posted right at the moment. It's the 2007 Honda Odyssey uh, with almost 180,000 miles on it. Wow! And um, while, and in this case, and this is a this is a drill sample. I mean, we did this vehicle, but the engine and the engine oil is fine. But however, the transmission uh, has got issues. Okay. And so in this case, we tested both the engine and the transmission on this uh, Honda. Uh, and uh, I, I really can't read all the, let's see. Oh, it had an excess of amount of water in it. Thank you. In the transmission? So, the transmission, correct. Hmm. And uh, let's see, it says check for excessive operating temperature as well. Uh, so uh, apparently there was some oxidation uh, in that transmission fluid. Wow. I, I wonder if it's ever been changed. Good question. With, uh, you know, I said it was 180, almost 180,000 miles. Uh, gosh, it, it should have gone through, what, at least three they minimum? They tell you now 100,000 miles, and some of them tell you never. Yeah. Some of them just right. say never yeah. change the... Right, because the they're totally sealed. Yep. There's right. no ports or anything. Yeah, yeah. you have to drop the pan... To, to if there is a pain yeah. Yeah, on it. so Exactly. You have to get up on a lift and, and pay somebody a lot of money to uh, <laughs> change your transmission fluid. Yeah. yeah. That, good, bad, or indifferent, that's just the way the industry's going. Right. Correct. Correct. Um, was this, and I'm just, I'm just curious, uh, uh, well, they, we're going to take a break, and then I'll come back okay. with my question. Okay. All right. We'll be right back, Jeff. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah. My name is Kyle Hayes, a motorsports student at Alfred State College. Every year, Alfred State students compete in the Great Race, which is a cross-country time endurance rally for vintage vehicles. As you can imagine, it's pretty costly. I'm asking for your help. Your donation can make it possible for these students to live their passion and promote the vintage automobile industry. Please visit our site at give.alfredstate.edu and search Great Race to learn more and help us reach our goal. Thank you. Your auto love and investment demands the best, and for 45 years, Passport Transport has been meeting those demands. From manufacturers to the one-car collectors and all other facets of the auto industry and antique auto hobby. The first and the finest with unequaled service and peace of mind. Passport Transport, your auto transportation company. Contact PassportTransport.com with your need today. Passport Transport. This is Lawyer Liz. Join me each week as we discuss drones, the Internet of Things, and all the technology in between. It's Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz, Wednesdays at 2. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. 
just talking to you about antique car insurance, I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And welcome back to America's Web Radio and the Classic Car Show with our very special guest today, Mr. Jeff Stroop. He is, uh, I guess we should really call him a doctor, doctor. or a medical yeah. uh, technician <laughs> or yeah. uh, uh, car technician. <laughs> or Lab tech. Lab, Lab tech, tech, yeah. 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 <laughs> no, I think he's, a, he's more like the doctor. I yeah. Think. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm just curious, Steve. Um, uh, obviously, all of this is computerized, probably more like a, a AutoCAD system or something like that. Uh, but does the computer and or the scope that checks out the oil or whatever checks out the stuff and then comes out with the report... Uh, is any of that manual, or is this all computerized? And you you stick the sample in, uh, sort of like getting your uh, uh, blood checked or something like that, and the machine comes back and and gives you your diagnosis of uh, your blood. Is, it, how does how does it work, literally and or physically? Uh-huh. Well, as I mentioned before, how you take a sample and make sure you get that good sample after you run the engine. And so you get uh, a little jar of oil. And then within this uh, laboratory, this suitcase, if you will, uh, there are four components. Uh, The first one is the viscometer, and so that's testing the viscosity of the oil. And so we take a look at what it actually does in the machine compared to the statistics that we have from the manufacturer that says what it should be. And then the second test is uh, an IR spectrometer, infrared spectrometer. And that really is looking for the water or soot, uh, as you mentioned uh, before about the diesel engines. Uh, Diesel engines, if um, they're not properly working, will have soot in the lubrication oil. So those first two components uh, tie in really well with, as I mentioned before, on your viability of the uh, fluid and on that report. And the second section talks about the viability of the oil. Th- those two tests are key to making that determination. And then the next test that the machine does is a particle count. So the bulk of the remaining sample, about four milliliters, is a, we put it in a little syringe, and this machine slowly pushes that oil through a filter and the filter collects all the contaminants until it reaches a certain amount of pressure, meaning that the filter is full. And so machine knows how much is pushed through and, and knows what the pressure was, so it knows the volume of particles. And then we take that little sample, and it's about the size of the, uh, the you guys probably not familiar with the a beer bottle cap. Uh, but they take that and we put in a portable x-ray machine. And then that x-ray machine takes a look and determines what type of particles are there uh, and the volume of each of the individual elements that we're looking for. 
Right, and now, so, do you do this? Is that a manual thing, or is this uh, again computerized? Well, the, the manual part is actually putting the the drops of oil into the viscometer, putting a drop of oil onto the IR spectrometer, and then loading the syringe into the machine, and then loading the filter into the X-ray. But once you've put those things in place, the machines actually process the data, and then all of that data. Uh, that's collected from those four different instruments are sent via the internet to our software which resides on the internet and in a couple of microseconds it shoots back the report. Wow, and this is all starts with your suitcase. Correct. And it literally is a suitcase. There's a on our website you'll see a picture of it. The whole machine is the size of a, a carry-on piece of luggage. Wow. And it weighs uh, weighs about 40 pounds. Wow. And it's battery operated. Have, have we, or is it something you can discuss? The cost of uh, of doing this. Well, the machine is pretty expensive. It's a well, six-figure machine. I mean, as far as the individual wanting to get there. Yeah. What does it cost me to have this done? Twice what everybody you, else. Yeah. <laughs> if you sent if you sent us a sample uh, through the mail, we would charge about fifty dollars, maybe less, uh, if it's just like a one-off thing. Uh, just depends. Uh, we might be running some specials to try to encourage people. That's now, if we have to come out in our van, we would have to charge more because it just costs more money to, to get on the road. This, right. re- this reminds me of a, a commercial on TV, wiping away. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, uh, it, I mean, today, people drive their cars so much longer and you, you go in, and I just wonder, a uh, big dealer, how many cars he gets with less than 100,000 miles on it for trade-ins. Well, I, I want to I follow through with that question just a little bit, uh, if you don't mind, Jeff. Go ahead. Do you work with a lot of dealers? We work with a few dealers, uh, not very many. Uh, we wish we worked with more. Uh, because I think, uh, as we've discussed, it, it's kind of a, a value-added proposition. Uh, but the used car industry is, you know, it's it's slow to make changes. Could I give you a suggestion? Uh, Do you all have a absolutely uh, uh, a certification? This has been certified by Vehicle DNA, or you know, and and put some lead in the pencil. <laughs> exactly. I mean, we would love to get to that point. Uh, I think we've we've kind of determined over time that to go down that route, we would probably be better served. To find an existing certification process and add our scientific component to it, so it's something more than just uh, a kid and a clipboard, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, that that makes sense. Um, yeah, because I would think like the publicly traded companies like uh, Asbury and Auto Nation and Group One and Lithia and those, I would think you would be a tremendous asset to them, or even CarMax. Where you could go in there and evaluate uh, a lot of product at, at one time. Right. Uh, of course, of course. Sometimes, sometimes you get into the issue of the corporate thinking that uh, it's all about volume, and yeah. if you slow down the volume, then that's just not good for the bottom line. Yeah. Now, what, what about liability? 
Uh, I'm, there's probably a little bit of liability on us, but you know we are giving you a report that says, hey, this is what you need to check. Uh, we, we can tell you that you've got silicon. You need to check your air intake, or as I mentioned before in this one, you need to check your thrust bearings and so forth. Um, all we can do is just, just like any other diagnostic that you have performed anywhere, we can only say what we found and what you do. Uh, I mean, that's... Uh, we've given you the best information you can. You know, I, I know Jim would like to ask this question, but is embarrassed to. But <laughs> I, I don't embarrass very easily. So if we're calling you Doctor Stroop, what does your nurse look like? <laughs> oh, gee. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's a very attractive woman, and I've been married to her for over thirty-three years. Oh, so I like her. <laughs> now, now, you said you're. I know you said you're Atlanta-based. Um, Atlanta area based is most of your business done in the Atlanta area or with the mail order is it nationwide uh, most of the stuff we do now is in Atlanta area but if we do you know accept mail I mean it doesn't matter you can mail it from anywhere yeah okay yeah, I, I would like to since you are a national company I'd like to talk to you uh, about uh, working with us on the station a little bit more and that uh, Oh, well, awesome. we're, we're we touching that people, opportunity. You know, we're touching people all over the country. Do you do anything outside, or is there any competition outside of the United States? Is this is this something that's in Europe as well, or or just strictly uh, here? Well, the the process of fluid analysis, as I mentioned before, has been going on since the 1940s, and there are labs all over the world. Uh, there are a lot of industry. Uh, most of the industries uh, use uh, oil analysis to some degree or another. Uh, getting into the consumer uh, arena, used cars, is, is unique for us, um, and the time element is the, the unique thing for us as well. Could, could you take this and do the same thing with any kind of engine, uh, say a... Uh, uh, Cessna 150 or 172 or something like this. Uh, can you can you expand it from just cars to airplanes or to other other uh, industries that use uh, engines of some sort? Uh, yes, absolutely. Any any engine that uses lubrication, whether it be reciprocating or rotating, uh, is uh, within uh, our abilities to evaluate. Uh, Construction equipment. If you think about that. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Uh, what about the, or farm, you, farm equipment? Is another. Oh, know that well. Uh, do you work any at all with the military? Uh, right now, yes. We we are. Uh, as I mentioned before, we have a, a deployment with the United States Marine Corps. We're in field trials with the United States Army as well as the U.S. Navy. Wow. Well, and the the thing though that that. I think our listeners, well, it's just in the Atlanta area now, but you can go somewhere and do it. But the other thing is nationwide, they can mail it to you. Now, yes. what would be the turnaround time, let's say, from the day I send you the sample and I've done it properly, when would I have the report, the same day or the next day? Uh, probably the same day that we receive it. So depending on how you ship it, if you ship it, you know, two or right. three day business, uh, you know, you would have it uh, on that fourth day. And you and you'd post it on uh, email. 
email. Yeah. yeah. We, wow. we email, and if, if you look on our website also, you'll see that if you have a VIN number, you can look up any test that we've done. Wow. Whoa. Yeah, what, you know, what is the the website? We're you're getting... But what is the website information yeah, again? Yeah, well, give us that again. And contact information and stuff. Okay, it's vehicledna.net. And if you uh, go onto the website, you'll see the contact information that gives both our physical address in Atlanta as well as my address up in Tennessee. And then there's a phone number for the Atlanta location, and there's a phone number for my location up here in Tennessee. You know, I, I I keep thinking, why does this sound a bit more sophisticated than when you go into uh, one of the quick oil change places and the guy gets a white uh, piece of paper and comes back and says, well, you're you're going to need your transmission drained and changed because this sample is looking a little dark. <laughs> well, I, I would give the analogy back to uh, the blood test. I yeah. mean, if the doctor came yeah. in and took a, a dot of blood off of your finger and looked at it and says, I think that you probably need to have surgery. Uh, I don't know that you'd go for that, would you? No, I don't think no, so. No, I don't, okay. I don't go for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Jeff, I, I got to tell you, you've got an amazing product here that you can offer. And I'll go back to this thing now. A lot of this collector stuff is six figures and more. And mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't want to spend six figures. That's like buying a house and not having, you know, <laughs> uh, an inspection done on it. So doesn't even come with a swimming pool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this, this has been fascinating. Yeah. I, I think what, I think you all have got a a total winner here. And uh, like I said, I'd like to uh, be back in touch with you uh, after the awesome. show and yeah. uh, talk some more because I, I think I, you know. Let me ask one quick last question. We only have a minute, so we'll wrap okay. it up. But how well do you feel that you all are known, not only in the classic car segment of the industry, but overall in the industry, in the car industry, period? Uh, not that well known yet. Uh, we've only been up and running about three years, and so it's trying, as any other startup company, it just takes a while to, to get your name out there and get the recognition. Plus, plus we want to make sure we could uh, do what we said we could do. So. Sure trying to work out the logistics and, and how everything works together uh, in this consumer uh, world uh, takes a little time to understand it. Jeff Stroop, we want to thank you for being on the Classic Car Show today on America's Web Radio, and we look forward to, or I look forward anyway, to uh, having you back on and talking more about vehicle DNA in the near future. Yeah. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you, gentlemen. Okay. You. Appreciate it. Okay. Bye. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.